All right, it's homecoming weekend, which means, you know, we've got a lot of focus on football. Naturally, I mean, a big time game for the Rams coming up later today. Uh, I'm actually about to get to the hoop scrimmage, so we'll be interested to see kind of how that turns out. But last night, I was joined by Riley Davis of Heat Check CBB. He is a blogger for Heat Check, is one of my favorite college basketball outlets across the country, founded by my good friend Eli Becker. He did a season preview where he just kind of dives into the Rams' strengths, the weaknesses, what he likes about the roster, where he potentially sees just this team lacking and and all that kind of stuff, you know, went into the X Factor. It was a lot of fun to catch up with him, and it was a really fun interview, so I think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast quite a bit. Before we get to that interview, though, something to keep in mind for you homeowners. Prices are going up, which creates natural equity in your home, If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful the process of buying a house is right now, especially in Colorado. It's just, it's loco out there. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress. They're just going to take some of that worry off your plate. They've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you're a little more old school, want to talk to somebody on the phone, give my man Mike a ring at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage, we've got a special guest. We've got Riley Davis of Heat Check CBB. We've had a lot of people from Heat Check come on the show over the years. I'm good friends with Eli Becker. Riley, thank you so much for for taking the time to do this. And for those of you that don't know, he published a piece previewing Colorado State. Really takes a deep dive into all things uh, that, you know, their whole construction of this roster, the strengths, the weaknesses. Highly recommend you check it out. We'll We'll talk about it a little bit, but I don't want to spoil too much because it's clear he put a lot of work into it, man. Riley, how, first off, just how are you doing? Like, how's life? How's everything going for you? Yeah, life is good right now. I wanted to say I appreciate you having me on to the pod. It's, a, it's an honor anytime any, someone asks me to come talk hoops. It's just, I mean, who wouldn't want to do this? So glad to come on today. I was telling Justin before we started recording, I love Fort Collins, awesome town. Um, I'm a UNC grad, and I like to say Fort Collins feels a little bit like Chapel Hill, but in the mountains. So I have a special, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Colorado State Rams. But yeah, life's pretty good. Been pretty busy with heat check, CBB stuff. We have a, a, a big PDF digital preseason magazine coming out soon that we've been grinding on and just trying to put the finishing touches on these deep dives I've been doing. So, but you know, at the end of the day, we're talking hoops. So can't really complain about that. I'm curious, what's what's the vibe like over at Heat Check? Because Eli Becker, you know, he's he's a good friend of mine. We've done a collabed on a lot of stuff over the years, but I wonder what he's like as a boss. I mean, I I got to imagine it's pretty laid back. Yeah, Eli's the man. Honestly, I don't know how he does it. That man is. I mean, he's a few years younger than me, and so it's it's sometimes it's a little humbling to see this dude who's like a few years younger than me, who I feel like is just a, a marketing genius with how he gets stuff out he's there. He's special, <laughs> though, man. Like there, there are very few people in this industry 
one that know hoops as as well as Eli, but two just have the the drive, the mind. I mean, he's started like multiple successful things. They did the whole. I don't know if you were a part of the simulation he did a couple years ago with you know the various teams and just like the one the the willingness to even do all that work is daunting. But just yeah. the the way he makes it fun, it's it's pretty cool. Make sure you guys go check out Heat Check CBB. They have some of the best college basketball content in the game. I'm not saying that just to butter up Riley either. I legitimately do love it. It's it's well worth the subscription. Um, but I, I brought you on here, obviously, because I wanted to, to talk CSU. And I'm going to ask you a little bit more about Fort Collins and your experience and stuff at the end. But you know, with, with the CSU Rams team, there's obviously just a lot of excitement, a lot of hype. I mean, you have basically every com- everybody coming back. They did lose PJ Bird off the bench. But they added Chandler Jacobs, the D2 uh, All-American. They have some talented youngsters coming up. But what's what stood out the most to you about this CSU team when you really started to dive into them? And you know how familiar were you with them before you kind of started to prepare for this piece versus like after? Did you watch a lot of games last year? Um, just all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I started watching some Mountain West games last season, was tuning into Boise State games, was tuning into Colorado State just because it's one of the stronger mid-majors. It's kind of in that same on that same level as the A-10, where it's not quite a mid-major, not quite a high major, but there's always some intriguing teams, of course, with San Diego State as well. So it really came from tuning into a Boise State and Colorado State game when I, the first thing I noticed was David Roddy. I mean, that man just pops off the screen. And I wrote about this in my, my deep dive uh, to give a, a plug if anybody wants to go check that out. But it kind of hit me as I'm watching it that, like half the team looks like they belong on the football field. (laughs) Roddy being one of those dudes, both him and John Tanjay. I'm like, these dudes are yoked out there. And I later found out that Roddy was a high school quarterback. So, I mean, I think that definitely makes sense when you see what an incredible passer that dude is, how I know Medved would, at least in some of the games I watched, would use him as a ball handler and pick and roll scenarios. But you also put him in the, the mid post or the high post and just let him facilitate. It's just like gorgeous team basketball. Um, so that's what that's what first stuck out to me. And he, he's underrated from a touch perspective. You know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because he he is a big guy. He's obviously all muscle, but his footwork is really underrated. He's really good at using space and kind of manipulating big men to kind of just create just enough space for him to be able to get it off. And like you said, he's a really gifted passer. I don't know if that comes from the QB background. I'll have to send you. He has an absurd. A highlight from a high school all-star game where he breaks like eight tackles and throws the ball downfield while being brought down. It's 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 just an insane thing. But I'm a big Roddy guy. We actually have an NLI deal uh, with David Roddy, so we're gonna have a, a shirt coming out in the next couple of weeks, which is gonna be awesome. Nice. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw him retweet one of his football highlights. And uh, shout out to the Colorado State uh, Colorado State faithful on social media. They always come out in droves and support when you tweet good things about them. Because I did a little a facetious like college basketball high school quarterback power rankings, where of course <laughs> I had to put I had to put my boy Luke May on there. I had I had to be unbiased and throw a little bit of love to Paulo Bancaro, so the Duke fans couldn't accuse me of. <laughs> <laughs> too much bias out there, but I, I put Roddy at number one. I want to say one of his family members gave me a like, and I was like, "There we go!" Shout out to CSU. But, um, but yeah, all you, in on Roddy, man. They, but you have to though. You know, he's like such right. a unique player. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned his touch reminded me it was in that same game against Boise State in Moby last year where. 
Roddy, uh, he was running, I think he was running the floor off of a, off of a rebound and someone, someone got it, got the ball to him. And he just takes it essentially coast to coast and finishes with a little Euro step in, uh, in the lane. I was like, Oh my gosh, this dude can literally do everything. So I would love to see, I mean, I really think if Colorado state can crack the top 25 at, for at least part of the year, maybe towards the end that he could get enough love to maybe make an all American team or at least get an honorable mention on an all American team. But I'm, I'm really hoping y'all get that notoriety to get him the love he deserves. Him and Isaiah Stevens, man, I think there's a real argument that CSU has two of the top five players in the mountain West right now, mm-hmm. certainly two of the top 10. I, I mean, depending on how you would do like a preseason, all one, all mountain West ballot, you know, there's some real talented guys, Matt Bradley at San Diego state, Nevada, obviously. Um, but they're just, they're so unselfish. That's kind of the thing that sticks out to me about them. When you watch them, Isaiah Stevens is obviously a brilliant facilitator. He's great in space. He has awesome body control, the ability to finish at the rim. But you also mentioned Kendall Moore in that, in the preview. And I really love that because I think he's one of the most underrated components of this team offensively and defensively. It gives you another facilitator. He's a pretty aggressive one-on-one defender. He's able to create some steals. What do you view as like the greatest strength of this CSU team? Is it just the versatility and being able to run like the different lineups? Is it their, you know, ability to run? And then, you know, off of that, what do you see as their biggest weakness as well? Yeah. So I think what stuck out to me in the games I watched was just how they are a complete team. There seems to be really good on uh, on court chemistry, good ball movement. And I know. Um, my friend Kai McEwen over at Three Man Weave, he made this point that there there were some sometimes at the point in Colorado State season where the ball tended to stick a little bit and the, the offense might have stagnated. I know some naysayers might point to that St. Mary's game. Uh, I did not watch that game, so can't speak. Into it was it. weird circumstances too, for the right. record. It was like coming off of a two week COVID pause. Mm-hmm. They hadn't practiced in close to a month, and it's just like. St. Mary's is a weird place to play as is, but it was, it was horrible. It was, it was one of the worst games yeah. I've watched in a long time. Yeah. Well, some of those games, when it, when you're coming off of a COVID pause, it's like, throw it out the window. You can exactly. They won 11 straight after that. Yeah. So I, I didn't really hold that against them. And like you were saying about Isaiah Stevens, the way that he like gets into the teeth of the defense and kicks out. I mean, that ball movement is incredible. Of course you have David Roddy. And I've, I made the comparison of the way Colorado state played last year to the Spurs ball of like oh, the, I love that throughout the, throughout the Spurs dynasty. But I just remember specifically back when I was in college watching those series between the heat and the Spurs, those two years in a row where you have Boris Dial just like facilitating from all over the court, scrambling defenses and, that that was the image that came to my mind as I'm watching as I'm watching David Roddy facilitate out of the post as I'm watching Isaiah Isaiah Stevens create opportunities for his teammates. Um, and I mentioned Tanjay earlier. He's the dude who I just I think he's the perfect glue guy coming off the bench, multiple multi positional defender, just a smart basketball player. So that's what stuck out to me. Good depth with Thistlewood, of course. He's a great shooter, good great glue guy. And um, I haven't watched a ton of uh, the D two transfer yet. Jacobs, but um, at least from what I saw of Isaiah Rivera, it, it seemed to me that he could make a little leap as well. Just he has that same kind of football player build and gave some good minutes for y'all in the games that I watched off the bench. And I just think you tend to see the biggest leap in production from players freshman to sophomore season. So I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see him be even a six man. But what do you think about that? What do you think of his that his role will be? No, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up Isaiah Rivera. They've been 
really high on him since he came out of uh, Chicago. He was a pretty highly regarded three-star commit for CSU. We've got another guy, Jalen Lake, uh, coming out of Arizona who could potentially play some minutes as well. That's that's going to be the interesting thing, I think, for this CSU team is they have so many guards off the bench. It's going to be, you know, a couple of guys probably aren't going to get all the minutes that they would like. They brought in Baylor Hebb, uh, transfer from Loyola, who's kind of like a 3 and D type guy. They brought in Jacobs, obviously, and, and he's going to play a prominent role. He's got one year of eligibility. You don't really bring in a guy like that if you don't think he's going to play a big role. But I, I do expect Rivera to take a big leap. Um, you mentioned the athleticism. You obviously get to see some of the most athletic teams in the country being an ACC fan, you know, at UNC. Were you surprised by the athleticism of this CSU team? I mean, obviously the Mountain West is a respectable league. It's not like, you know, they're some, I don't even know, I've drawn a blank, you know, they're not the big sky or something, but, you know, were you surprised by that at all? And what do you kind of view their ceiling as? Do you think they're a team that's good enough to make a run in the tournament? Yeah, I think some of the athleticism... I think if you think about it in terms of more than just being able to jump out of the gym, CSU has that covered. Cause you have guys who like you were pointing out with Roddy who have good touch, you have guards who know how to make plays. I mean, even with Kendall Moore, it, with him being a bit undersized, you pointed out how he's such a pest on defense and will get into grill of opposing guys and stuff. And he's got that footwork, that quickness to stay in front of guys. Um, so I think if you think about athleticism as more holistic, as opposed to just the dudes who are going to be jumping out of the gym, catching alley-oops or whatever, you don't, at least from what I watched, I didn't see that as much with CSU. No, that's spot on. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah. But I still think you have enough coordination from your big men. I mean, for one thing, I didn't even mention the front court guys like James Moores, um, Deshaun Thomas. I think with Thomas having that Hillcrest pedigree, it shows that he, he played high level basketball in high school. I mean, he made some big plays for the Rams last year. And with Moores, I, I tend to always have blind faith in those New Zealander, anybody from Oceania, like New Zealanders or Australians, they, they gain a little bit of blind faith for me. But I, I mean, even if he's not the most vertically explosive athlete, he was pretty solid at, protect, at protecting the rim and, and giving some interior defense. I think he and Thomas kind of had a nice little complementary skill sets there with Thomas able to hit some threes as well. Um, one game I watched, I can't remember who it was against. Thomas hit like three or four threes in a row. It just was bang. I think it was one of the. I think it was the NIT game, the the first round of the NIT, or maybe the the second I, one. I think you could right. definitely do that. I mean, he statistically at one point was like the best three point shooter on the team. Now, obviously, it evens out a little bit over time, and he's not shooting at the same volume that Thistlewood and Stevens and some of these other guys are. I, I think James Moores is going to be, and, and you wrote this, you wrote that he's probably the X factor for this team. And I think that's spot on. It's going to be, can they defend the paint? And that was kind of the one thing that really let them down in the, in the Mountain West tournament loss to Utah State, you know, Niamis Kata. And obviously he's a freak, but he really ate their lunch a little bit. Right. Um, Moores, he's not the most vertically explosive guy, but he does move well laterally. Yeah. And his footwork is much improved over the last two years. I think this is kind of the year where he's going to take it to the next level. The big question for me is, can Deshaun Thomas take a big step defensively? Because you know what he brings offensively. He can get to the rim. He can drive on you on the bigger guys if you take him out or you know if you follow him out to the top of the key. Or if you don't, he can hit that shot, which is a a big bonus. But he's got to be able to defend the pain a little bit because if it's always Roddy... You know, having to kind of go up against some of these seven footers, that's going to probably put the Rams at a disadvantage. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And when you when you mentioned weaknesses and what this kind of means for their tournament, uh, their tournament hopes or if they can make a run or something, I think what you're saying about interior defense would have been my main concern as well. Even with that that potential with Moore's being there and kind of what he showed last season, there still is some. There's not quite the high end like insane size you might see like the vertical size I'm talking about the yeah. insane height you might see some for some power conference teams. And like you were mentioning with, with Nimi Keita exposing that a little bit. Um, the only other really concern I had with the defense, again, this was a point that one of the three man weave guys made on their mountain West preview podcast, but some of the luck that Colorado state had with opponents, not shooting super well from the charity stripe. But, Eli brought that up yesterday in a podcast we were on together. It was like CSU was like a top three team nationally in terms of team shot like 61% at the free throw line against them. And they missed a bunch of open threes. So you're, I mean, it, that's, it's a great thing to point out because the numbers tend to even out when it comes to those type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still was impressed. I, I, again, I noted this in my deep dive, like just from sometimes it's like, who knows how these numbers factor in. I mean, I kind of just take Kim Palm for what he says and don't think too much about his formula for how <laughs> he's not there. But I, I have heard different point if different people point out how sometimes the numbers can get inflated one way or the other. But I was pretty surprised to see um just the way that Kim Palm's metrics had Colorado State's offense ranked lower than its defense in terms of efficiency. I think they were I want to say they were both in the 40s. Let me see. I know I had that this note somewhere. The offense dipped a little bit late in the season and it kind of mellowed out on them, but I think it was like the fifties or sixties. Okay. The offense was actually 83rd and the defense was 72nd. Okay. Yeah. It was in the sixties for most of the season and then it dropped then, you know, to 83 um, right. or whatever. That's just said 83, right? Yeah. Maybe it was after that, the NIT game. Memphis. I mean, they, they were pretty streaky and they just had some weird games. Like, Overall, they were one of the better scoring teams in the Mountain West, but they would have these weird like five, six minute runs where it just felt like they couldn't score. And then all of a sudden they would go on like a 13-0 run themselves and it would kind of even out. But I just want I want to see more consistency. And then defensively, I just think I think that's probably going to be what determines their ceiling because you've got guys that can get buckets all over the floor. You've got a variety of shooters. You have guards that can get to the rim. You have big men that can score from multiple levels. You have guys that can pass, but defensively, can you stop teams that are bigger than you and teams that can, are, you know, maybe a little bit more athletic, just in a sense of like sheer explosiveness. Yeah. I think you mentioning that it'll be interesting to see how they improve on defense, especially come tournament time. Cause I mean, I definitely would foresee them earning an at large this year but in my opinion, the ways in which I could see them advancing a couple, winning a couple games in the tournament would be they just spread teams out, put multiple facilitators all over the court. You know, you never know who's going to be able to make a good pass and keep the ball moving, create mismatches as opposed to that type of team that's either going to play some funky defense or slow the pace way down. But so in some ways, it's like those teams with more funky offenses, like a North Texas or something or a team that slows it way down. Um, I want to say like Abilene Christian played at a super slow pace. Yeah. Those are the teams that always stick out as the the giant killers, if you will. But 
in some ways it's kind of nice that I don't think what Colorado state can do on offense is a gimmick, whereas those defenses can feel a little gimmicky and you never know what you're going to get when you play a more athletic team from a high major. So, um, looking I at, like, no, I like that you bring that up because what they've done offensively for two years now, I mean, we've seen it on a large scale and they play on selfish basketball. So like the Princeton offense in itself is going to create some open looks. So long as shots are falling, which I mean, they have had weird stretches like that, where it's just like, the shots just weren't falling and you talk to the coaches after the game and it's like, well, we can't be upset because they're moving the ball. They're getting open looks. They're shooting in rhythm. They're just not going in, um, which, and, and if a stretch like that happens, it could kill them. But defensively for them, it's really just, they just play hard, you know, like a couple of years ago, they weren't necessarily in the right position and they would kind of get run off the court. And then you saw them grow Last year, they took it to the next level. They've grown in terms of Kempom and each of Medved's three years and Fort Collins. I think they're probably going to have to be around a top 50 team, though, nationally on the defensive side to, to really have a chance to, you know, like make some noise, maybe win a game or two in the tournament. Yeah. And what you said, I know it's, it might sound cliche, but that was something that stuck out to me in the games that I watched was even if they don't have quite the size or the vertical pop that, some of the the high major teams might possess, you still see them absolutely battle on defense. Um, and I, I've, I've kind of heard that as a common critique for Colorado State with different media folks who have doubted, are, can they be a top 40 team this year? Can they be a top 25 this year? A top 25 team this year it always comes back to defense. But at least it looks to me that there's no issue regarding effort. I mean, you can even compare that to some of the the teams who probably will crack the top 25 this year, like an LSU or something where if you ever watch an LSU game, it looks like those dudes have no interest in playing defense and they, they can get by on athleticism and agility and everything. But when you, so it's, it's clear that there's not an issue of like coaching or want to, or effort. It's more so just how can they execute this and how is that going to progress throughout the course of the season? All right, we'll get right back with that interview in just a second. Before we do, though, got to shout out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings has an awesome promo right now for new users. If you bet $1 on any NFL game, you're going to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. You heard me right. You don't have to pick the winner correctly. You don't have to pick the spread. It's not an over-under. There's no props. All you have to do is pick a game, bet a dollar on it, and if either team scores, you get $100 in free bets. There hasn't been a 0-0 tie in the NFL since 1943. This is an absolute no-brainer. It's easy money. So sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use the code DNVR when you sign up. And if you bet $1 on any game and either team scores a point, with that promo code at DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, you're going to get $100 in free bets. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, real quickly, it feels like a perfect time to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. We have an absolutely awesome Sunday night game in the NFL this week. Kansas City hosting Buffalo. And guys, I'm all in on Buffalo right now. You can get their money line at plus 125 and picking against the Chiefs and Arrowhead is always nerve-wracking. It's just not a fun experience. But I believe in this Buffalo Bills defense a hell of a lot more than I believe in the Chiefs. And I think offensively, 
The Bills are actually a deeper team when you just look at the talent of the entire roster. I mean, Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback in football, but Josh Allen, he's right up there with him. I know CSU fans don't want me to hype up a poke, but he is so exciting to watch. And because of that, I think the Bills got this. I think this is their Super Bowl. You know this is a game they've had marked on their calendar going all the way back into the offseason. And yes, they've beat up on some bad teams lately, but I think they're really talented too. And I just love the value at plus 125. I think this team with... I mean, they already have two shutouts this year and, and what they do offensively. I don't know. You know, it, maybe they lose a shootout. Maybe they don't. But I really, really like the Bills' chances to pull this upset. And that's why it's my DraftKings pick of the week. The Buffalo Bills money line at plus 125. All right. Finally, I want to shout out the homies over at Solace Meds. They've got some smoking hot October deals for you. I mean, what's new? Solace Meds always has elite deals. They are the premier dispensary and they're always hooking it up. They have four uh, convenient Colorado locations. Uh, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one up Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. All October long, you can get Dixie gummies for 25% off. Solace bars are 25% off. New Solace sticks are 25% off. Mile High extractions are 25% off. You can get Summit products for 25% off. And on 1030 and 1031, the entire store will be buy three, get one free. On Halloween itself, you get a goodie bag with a purchase of $50 or more. A lot of fun stuff coming up. And as always, if you use the code DNVR20, not only are you going to get 20% off your entire order, you're also going to get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. You're lit- you get 20% off and a free edible or pre-roll. It's- you're losing money if you're going anywhere else. Solace Meds make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Head to their website, solacemeds.com. Order online, pick up at your convenience. Again, make sure you're using the code DNVR20 at Solace Meds, the premier Colorado dispensary. How much stock do you put into the continuity of the roster? You know, obviously, San Diego State, they were able to go out and add Matt Bradley from Cal. He's a very gifted player. Some of the other teams in the league, they're really relying on transfers. CSU, they've been together. They've, they've kind of... I feel like there's almost a, a formula for their for these, you know, non-power five teams where it's like they come close to the tournament or maybe they make it and they lose in the first round. In CSU's case, they make a deep NIT run. Then the next year, like they make it and maybe they win a game. And then maybe even next year is the year where they're able to like win, you know, make a sweet 16 run or something like that. But do you do you buy into roster continuity, especially in the transfer era? You know, I think it's interesting you asked that because probably if you'd asked me this question two years ago, I would have kind of thought like, nah, not super into it. I think I try to look more at upside and who's going to progress and how to sort of project that trajectory. I think like I think about two years ago when Seton Hall, a lot of people had as a top 15 team preseason because they brought back Miles Powell and they had a lot of good roster continuity. And I was a Seton Hall doubter all like the preseason of 2019. And I ended up looking pretty dumb because I think had there been a, a tournament, they would have been a top five seed. But um, I think just seeing last year in particular with COVID where you saw teams with continuity have a lot more success, whereas all the freshman laden teams kind of got wrecked <laughs> or just vastly underachieved a lot more than what you were you were thinking. And I I, I want to say maybe that'll start to go back to, to even out a little bit to where it won't be quite the advantage it was last year because preseason practices have resumed. But even looking at the transfer portal, I, I am really intrigued to see how many of these coaches will, will be in for a rude awakening who try to integrate a ton of transfer pieces and 
maybe it blows up in their face or something, or the, the, just the process of building team chemistry doesn't go quite as smoothly as they thought. I mean, it's not because it's different from like fantasy basketball where you can't yeah. take a big name team and make it work. I mean, I do think with a team like San Diego state, you've seen, they have the, the culture there under Dutcher and everything where they have a, a, a proven defense, like that's going to work year in year out. And you bring in a big time score like Matt Bradley, it'll probably translate pretty quick. Um, but other schools, I mean, I even have my doubts about Texas, despite bringing in a ton of talent. That's something Eli and I are very much on the same page about, if you've talked to him about Texas. And that's where I do think continuity is going to be a boost for the Rams this year, as you have teams across the college basketball landscape, bringing in a bunch of new pieces and trying to make it work where, I mean, you have guys on this team who've been playing together three or four years now. Um, and I do think, even though I know I said earlier that with the, the case for Isaiah Rivera's seeing that leap that guys tend to make from their freshman to their sophomore year. I, I wouldn't be surprised even to see some of the juniors like Isaiah Stevens, like David Roddy, who have already played at a high level, maybe even take it one level higher. Cause I mean, they're just juniors, you know, it's not like they've necessarily hit their ceiling as a college basketball player. I think that's a good point, especially. I really think Isaiah Stevens, just because of what he does as a facilitator for this team, like if he can be, the bet clear cut, you know, best point guard in the mountain West or something like that. It's going to give this team an opportunity just because Roddy's athleticism, he's going to be able to get buckets just about in any game, you know, like he can just kind of force his way to the rim and you either have to hack him or he's going to just work his way in. He's so big and, and he's quick. Um, but I just think they need that, that extra point guard level. And Isaiah, he's, he's been that for the team, but I think he needs to take it just kind of, to another level, if they want to, you know, be a legitimate team that can contend on a national level. And we're going to see, cause they're, they're playing a brutal schedule. They got Alabama, Mississippi state. They open with oral Roberts, St. Mary's comes to town. They've got a neutral game against Tulsa. Like they did not hold back. And as a, as a guy that follows the college basketball scene on a national level, do you think that's the right move? You know, it'll swing big, especially when you, have faith in your in your roster from a metric standpoint it obviously makes sense but i think it earns you some goodwill just with college basketball you know media and observers who are like well it's clear like they they weren't trying to juice the numbers or anything like that they they went out and they played a competitive schedule yeah i think it looks great i mean i'm so excited for that colorado state alabama game those are like two of the best coaches in the game today squaring off and um, both teams that have a lot of playmakers on the court that they're, they're going to get to face off. I, I can't wait for that. And I, I agree that it's a great strategy because you think if you can, I mean, no offense, but I don't think Colorado state will beat Alabama, but I think they got a great shot to beat Mississippi state. If they can get a win over Mississippi state, who is get, who's getting a ton of buzz in the off season because of the transfers they're bringing in. I mean, that, that could go a long way towards strengthening that at large case especially if they kind of do what they did in the Mountain West again this season and you have that that marquee non-conference win to hang your hat on. I mean, I'm, I, I think doing that, uh, like swinging for the fences with that non-con schedule, is a great move by Medvia. Well, and even if you lose to Bama, you know, on the road, it's not like they're going to... Obviously, you don't want to get embarrassed or anything like that, but if you can play a competitive game, keep it tight even at halftime, I think... There's a lot to build off. I think Alabama might be a legitimate title contender. I mean, they were last year too. It, they, they gave up a lot of points, but people didn't realize how good of a team they actually were defensively. They just play with such pace. I'm interested to see in the CSU game. It, but 
both teams could crack a hundred. Like it doesn't happen very often in college <laughs> basketball, but there's going to be so many possessions. Yeah. And maybe you can even catch Alabama a little sleepy as they're trying to get their new pieces figured out too. With JD point. And Noah Gurley. I mean, uh, I know they bring back Shackelford and Quinterly, but you know, it's not y'all still, I think have the advantage when it comes to continuity and knowing who you are and having guys who have been playing with each other for years. So that would be like, if I was, that would be my hope for Colorado state is that would be kind of what I'd be clinging to, to think, okay, maybe we do have a chance of this. So you mentioned, you know, you think that there's some similarities between, you know, Fort Collins and kind of the Raleigh Durham area of, of North Carolina. What, what is the vibe like? I'm curious. This has nothing to do with CSU, but what, what is the vibe like amongst UNC fans right now? post Roy Williams, because obviously it's, you go from one of the top three or four coaches in the game, one of the best to ever do it. Now it's an unknown. Now I know there's some, there's some faith there, but are, are people nervous? Like at least coach K is going after this year too. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great question. I think for, for the listeners, I'm still based out of the Durham area. I actually work with a nonprofit with UNC students. So interact with uh, Carolina students on a day-to-day basis. And as of right now, I think it's, well, people are still hanging. They're still clinging to like the faintest slide of hope for the Mac Brown era for football this year. Well, I shouldn't say that. Like people are still in on Mac Mac Brown long term, but the football season hasn't gone quite as well as we thought. But like back in early in like early September, people were all in on football and not thinking at all about basketball, which was and it's got a sting because Clemson's down. Like the ACC is mm-hmm. there for the taking. I I was a big Sam Howell guy. I, I thought I love Sam Howell. I was yeah. that the Georgia Tech game was so embarrassing, but. It was so weird for me to talk to students and hear them just talk about how excited they were for football because football was always an afterthought when I was a student. Like we'd be at tailgates and like my senior year and I'd be trying to get my friends to get to the football stadium for the start of the game. But they would always drag us, drag me back to where we wouldn't get there till the second quarter. I'd be like, yo, we can y- y'all can drink any other day. Like we only have a limited <laughs> number of home football games left. Can we at least get to to one game on time? And and now people are there like long before the game starts. So it's cool to see. Um, but it has been really weird for me to see a shift among students to where there's like, there's, it seems like there's way more hope in football. And I've honestly encountered a lot of people, a lot of students who I think feel like, uh, I've gotten my hopes up the last two years and UNC's either been terrible two years ago or just underachieved last year to where there's this hesitancy to fully buy into Hubert Davis. Oh man. I got, I got to admit as somebody who's, you know, alma maters never even come close to winning a national championship. They don't know how good they have it. I agree with you. They're spoiled, a little entitled. <laughs> I, That's I mean, how it works though, at any of those programs, you know, as soon as you start losing the f- students, but it'll, it'll be back. I think I don't, I, I like Hubert Davis. So like, I, I think it was a, the hire made a lot of sense to me. I agree with you. Um, our, our athletic director went out and puffed his chest and said that this is the best job in the sports, which of course, to my simplistic mind was like, Oh, we're getting Brad Stevens. It's happening. So, and when that, when that didn't work I, out, I course, thought it was happening too. There was so much smoke in that direction. Uh huh. And so when that didn't work out, I was a little bummed with Hubert initially, but he, he won me over pretty quick just with going out and getting Brady Manic and then eventually Dawson Garcia, like 
I was so pumped about the Garcia edition. And I think the way that he's, he's spoken so much about retooling our offense to keep some of the same principles with like Carolina is still going to crash the offensive glass. That's still going to be what they do. They're still going to get up and down the court and run the secondary break like they did under Roy Williams, but there will be a more emphasis, a much bigger emphasis on three point shooting and giving the bigs freedom to operate away from the basket. And I think both Armando Baycott and Dawson Garcia have a pretty good handle for big men. Garcia in particular has already showed up at points last year that he can attack from the perimeter for, from like, with like two or three dribbles or something. And Armando showed that a little bit, but so I personally am pretty excited, but I think it, it hasn't quite resonated yet with the student body here as a whole. It'll get there. It'll get there. And you guys always got the best uniforms in sports. So hey, I appreciate that. I do. That's, that's going your level. I, I wore Tar Heel blue when I was, covering the CSU Duke game. So it, behind enemy lines, I was repping. That makes my heart so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a, it was a subtle troll. Nobody knew it, but me, but I, it was very much intentional. Very good. That's, that's all that matters. You know, at least, at least, at least one person in that gym. Riley, thank you so much for doing this before I let you go here. I don't like using this term, but Knife to your back, who is your preseason national championship pick? And I know we're so far out, you know, you have plenty of time to make an official one later from now. I won't hold you to it or anything like that. But what does your gut say on this day right now? So if you, I, when I actually thought about this yesterday and I wanted to go with Kansas, but when I like close my eyes and picture it, I just, I think Kansas is going to be really good, but I can't see Remy Martin leading a team to a national championship. So I got to go with Gonzaga. Uh, I'm saying few finally gets over the hump. I mean, he was right there in, in 2017, but we know how that worked out. You know, the, the better team won. <laughs> and last season I was all in on the, on the Zags. I thought that team was truly transcendent. I was. Me too, man. I, uh, I lost a pretty penny on that national championship <laughs> oh, game. We'll man. just say that. That's tough. Yeah. I was convinced they were just going to run through the tournament. Like, I thought they were going to be like 2018 Villanova, 2009 UNC, like both teams that won every tournament game by double digits. And they were on <laughs> on the path to that until they ran into that buzzsaw that was the Baylor Bears. But, you know, hopefully with Chet, he kind of evens out some of those Drew Timmy defensive deficiencies. And um, I think I know. Uh, well, I don't know if you resonate quite with the Pacific Northwest as, as Eli does with him being from Washington state, but I kind of think as Colorado, Colorado is like Pacific Northwest adjacent, but um, I think Nolan similar Hickman, vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Nolan Hickman is really talented and really will increase Gonzaga ceiling once he gets settled in the rotation and everything. So Zags would probably be my pick right now. Do you see any future where Gonzaga leaves the WCC? Ooh, that's a great Especially question. with BYU dipping for the Big 12. Right. Yeah, gosh. I think with like football, all football makes that complicated because it's frustrating, but we see with like this conference realignment that football drives everything, which I know the Mountain West could have had Wichita State and Gonzaga at one point and they kind of passed on it. And then Gonzaga took a sweetheart deal with the WCC where you know they get like what is it like a, they're automatically in the semifinal or whatever in the conference tournament and they don't have to split as much as their tournament. What are you, we, whatever their deal is, you know, but yeah, right. the mountain West really dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, that's tough. So I don't know, maybe that, maybe they can make it work, but nothing's going to surprise me at this point with the way we've seen realignment just be so on the radar. That's a good point. <laughs> so, um, 
Well, yeah. dude, thank you so much for doing this. Um, tell the people where they can find you. What's your handle on Twitter and all that? Obviously, check out his work at Heat Check CBB. Give it a massive endorsement. They really do have some of the best college basketball content around. And it's a bunch of cool dudes. Like, I think that's the one thing I like the most about your company. It's a lot of guys that have busted their butts. It's a lot of people that don't necessarily get the recognition they deserve on a national level, but they're putting out quality content. Anyways, I'm, I keep rambling over you. What is your Twitter handle? Appreciate that, Justin. But yeah, my Twitter handle is at amourhoops. That's A-M, our hoops, at amourhoops. So give me a follow on there. Love, like I said earlier, Colorado State fans, y'all show out on, on Twitter, on social media. So, um, and before I leave, I wanted to shout out Odell Brewing. Great beer. Even if I know, I feel like they kind of take pride in not really shipping nationwide. I would love for them to ship some to North Carolina, but you know, great, great brewery, great beer. And shout out to Crazy Carl's, some of the best pizza I've ever had. So, love Crazy that. Carl's wow. love. I love it. That's a, that's definitely a Fort Collins OG spot. You guys got New Belgium, at least. That's true. And the New Belgium. I like Odell better too, though. I'm going to whisper that. But um, yeah, I feel you. New Belgium. I love like the funky beers they do. Like they have, they have some like sour brown ale, the folio something, folio do or something that I had when I was out in Fort Collins. That's that's some of the best stuff. But so, yeah, we have that in Asheville, a brewery. It's very similar vibes to the one in Fort Collins. But yeah, Fort Collins, man, there's just just better when it comes to beer. So. <laughs> well, man, <laughs> next time you get out to Fort Collins, you got to let me know. I'll buy you a beer. Riley, thank you for coming on. This was great. Hopefully we can get you on the podcast to talk Mountain West hoops at some point throughout the season. And again, make sure you guys check out his deep dive and all the other great things they're doing at Heat Check. This has been the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael. We'll be back with more content throughout the weekend. Much love. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.